It is a good morning. Bam, we're live. We're live. <clears throat> Beautiful. Ricard, good morning. Good morning. You have you have 7 a.m. I have 4 p.m. Uh, full day behind me. I, when I went to bed last night, <laughs> yeah, we were texting. <laughs> it was crazy because you were just getting up and I was going to sleep. Oh, I, I do you have a YouTube window open? I think I, I'm, I'm hearing an echo, maybe. Uh, yes, something went off. So, but it's turned off. Oh, you're the best. Thank you. How we go? Um, yeah, pretty pretty cool to be on this show. I've been following many of these episodes. So, but you're uh, you're creating more content that I can follow. <laughs> hey, you think that's a mistake? You think I should? Do you think do you think that's a mistake? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so either. But sometimes I'll get into this debate with people, and they think like, "Hey, you should only be making enough stuff that everyone can watch." I'm like, I don't know. I think my consistency is more important. I think so too. I think um, I mean everyone has different kind of uh, let's say frequency, and they have different strategies. And um, I just think you will be able to touch much more people. Uh, if you're very frequent in comparison to different, and I know you have you have different, let's say, topics, to, uh, different kind of guests. So it it would be different if you had only affiliate uh, <laughs> affiliate interviews uh, every day. Uh, but you're really jumping between all kind of characters, I would say. So, um, what if? Um, do you remember when? Uh, did you used to follow? Did you ever follow Main Site? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and, and it would be three on, one off, right? The workouts. And I remember there was also that debate at CrossFit like, well, hey, maybe we should give a workout every day and then people can figure out when to be three on and when to be their one day off. And, uh, but, but they never did that. And I think that was smart. Just keep it, just, hey, here it is. Keep it smooth. Keep it sailing. This is just the way it is. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, uh, again, for the affiliates that were following Mainsight, uh, they were obviously, they had to create their own workouts and, and so on. I know some affiliates did, uh, they did a pause for that day uh, or a break. Um, but uh, yeah, now we see like uh, this uh, new cap by by the guys there. They, they are programming every day because definitely obviously need something every day. But um, what does CAP stand for? You, that, that's what um, that's the Austin Maliolo, James Hobart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you know cross, cross, CrossFit affiliate programming. That oh, would be my, right. <laughs> my guess. You are smart. Yeah. It's, uh, I think very hard. You guys are staring at Ricard Long. He is the owner of escapist CrossFit in Berlin um, I don't know if you guys need to see a map, but it's it's a little far away from me. He's a little <laughs> far away from me. I'm a little far away from him. And uh, man, technology is absolutely nuts because completely somewhere else on the planet, on a on a third continent, is hey. Caleb Beaver. I see a I see a beaver. Yes, uh, <laughs> three three continents, three men. Yeah. And he's in uh, where Middle East. Uh, we please, please, Ricard, top secret, please. Top secret, okay. Please, please. 
I um, saw. Sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, uh, I, I just know I have I have the experience when I've been trying to find a way to uh, have meetings with people in on the West Coast. It's far more difficult than the East Coast. Like these extra three hours, they make it definitely harder. But um, I'm happy we could make make it. Um, I don't. We've never had problems scheduling people with people in Europe. But you know where it gets squirrely is for some reason is Australia. Yeah, I think it's because we crossed the international date line or something. Something gets weird always in Australia. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one. <laughs> you're you're nine hours ahead of me. You said it's four there and it's seven here. So let mm-hmm. me do it. Uh, yeah, nine hours. Uh, is it a good life in Berlin? Is Berlin a good place to live? Is it a good life? Um. So yes, uh, I, I would say yes and no. Berlin is uh, this kind of uh, poor and sexy city at the same time so we have a lot of uh craziness going on um but i I always said to people like i've been living here now for uh 10 11 years Uh, i'm originally from stockholm from sweden so uh, i moved here like a decade ago and um because this this town is kind of untouched or has been untouched and um uh and has gone gone through so many different changes. Uh, like historically, it's 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 nuts. And uh, yeah, there there I am. So basically, what we're uh, what I've been experiencing here is like this transition that I would say like New York and Paris has been going going through, um, where a lot of artists moved into the city because it was so cheap living here. So they created a a lot of art uh like crazy clubs and we have super it's super liberal uh right um very open we don't have any closing times for anything <laughs> so people um uh people tend to go uh for clubs here maybe a saturday night 12 p.m or 12 a.m and they get a home uh like a monday uh noon from those parties and uh, so it's very liberal, very much party uh, party scene. Um, and um, what happens is that when when you have culture developing in these kind of countries, or, or sorry, in these cities like uh, in New York, Paris, now Berlin, uh, well, people with money also want to, you know, they want to spend their money. So they go somewhere where they f- feel like, oh, they're still some kind of life left there there's uh culture here there's music there is uh, art there is you know crazy apartments so um that's what's been happening now last i would say uh, it's still happening like a lot of people moving in now that have more money and it's close uh, like slowly upgrading the city um but it's still the 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 most hate- yeah I hate to say it. Um, it's the only hope any cities have. Yeah, I, I know some people are going to hate me for saying that, but if you don't, if, um, and I know gentrification is a, ba- a bad word for many people, but if the people don't come in with money, it's it's the only hope. It's the only hope the cities had. We, you know, mm-hmm. you're describing to me kind of like Portland, Oregon. It, it, um, mm-hmm. You go twenty years ago. That's a, co- a city we have here on the on in, on the west coast of the United States. It's pretty far north, so the weather's not that good, but <laughs> but it's beautiful up there. 
uh, gentrification, the process process whereby the character of a poor urban area is changed by wealthier people moving in. The problem is, is I think poor is uh, is not the right word. Um, is, is not the correct yeah. word. They're usually they're usually violent areas, and they're usually areas where no one would want to raise their kids, and they're usually areas um, where it's not safe to go out uh, once the sun goes down. <laughs> if, 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 we, if we want to be accurate. Yeah, I mean, uh, here it is pretty clear that the people that are pissed because of gentrification, they are usually in the scene of uh, partying and taking drugs, right? So they are... They uh, throw their needles on the ground. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, if exactly. we're generalizing, if we're generalizing. Yeah, so... Uh, but this is kind of how, how it happens. So we have different parts of the city. One part of the city, uh, which, which is called Prenzlauerberg or Prenzlberg. Uh, it used to have a lot of parties, a lot of bars, a lot of everything going on, and uh, all the students moved in there after the the fall of the 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 wall. Um, and students moved in there; they were having sheep housing, you know, partying. That's, all, that's in Eastern Berlin. That was Eastern Berlin. That was Eastern Berlin. Okay. So entire Eastern Berlin, you know, when it, when when the wall came down, Eastern Berlin became this, uh, you know, gold mine of sheep apartments. Uh, crazy old, uh, cent- you know, c- yeah, uh, old century apartments. Uh, cra- uh, yeah, crazy looking uh, good flats, and uh, but no water <laughs> and, and no electricity in some parts. There you are. Um, so people moved in there. They they partied a lot. They had fun, and then suddenly, you know, they they finished their studies. They they met some dude or they met some some girl and suddenly they got kids and now it's like the most populated um, or highly dense, uh, uh, I would say, most density of, of kids and families in that area. And they, of course, don't want to have the party people there. So they kicked out all the bars and, and the clubs and whatever. And that's gentrification, right? The and, citizens uh, matured. The citizens matured. They yeah, want that, the park for their kids to play, not a place to smoke dope. Exactly. So that happened, and now it's happening in different other parts of the uh, city. Like we had uh, New Cologne or uh, Neukölln, which is where uh, David Bowie and Iggy Pop and uh, all these like rock stars uh, used to hang around in the seventies. Um, uh, this is like highly or was highly densed uh, by Turkish minorities and Arabs and so on. Still is, but uh, because it is like that. Uh, housing is very cheap, so a lot of students have moved in there, and now they are gentrifying those areas with, uh, um, yeah, students, and they're partying. They're but they are slowly growing up. So now companies are moving in, uh, startups are moving in, and um, yeah, so Berlin has like you know uh, developed into this kind of startup hub too. So usually we talk about San Francisco, New York, London, and then Berlin. Uh, as the like startup cities, um, which I think uh, like Berlin is so far behind these other cities. But uh, anyways, um, there has been a lot of like startup um, yeah, commotion here, I would say, because it was so cheap with housing, cheap for companies to rent, cheap to get uh, uh, labor, yeah, everything. And, and when you get young kids in an area where it's affordable and they're innovative kids, you'll see some amazing things. I'm going to say some nice shit. Like, like that was the cool thing about Portland. There would be a, a shop there that only sold, let's say pencils 
(laughs) No one else anywhere in the country could afford to do that because rent was so high. So you couldn't come up with these innovative ideas. So you would go into a small store. It would be 600 square feet. And all they would sell were this wide variety of pencils and pencil sharpeners and maybe aprons that like you would wear while you draw. And it would be like these or it would be this an experimental pizza place, right? Pizzas that you've never seen before made with a variety of doughs or a place that just serves whiskey. You would start seeing these um, really cool um, young people who are super highly motivated, who uh, want to experiment with with their love or their craft. Unfortunately, um, when, when there's young people who, who don't have their hands kept busy, it descends into uh, drugs and violence and, 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 and crime. Yeah, uh, I've just been following Portland from, you know, from a distance and I, I'm uh... so sad. I'm, so I'm, I'm a frequent follower of Brett uh, Weinstein and his wife, Heather. Uh, so they have been reporting pretty well what's happening over there. I don't uh, know speak, if they yeah, moved. Speaking now. of Brett Weinstein, um, the, the, this just on a total side note, the former general counsel of CrossFit Inc. was Dale Saran. And he's been on the show a couple times. And on last Monday, he filmed. He was on the Brett Weinstein show. I don't think it has aired yet. We'll get Dale back on and talk to him about it. But Dale is the um, head counsel of a class action suit with 900 Coast Guard uh, members, United States Coast Guard members, uh, suing the United States government. And actually, he's kicking ass, basically saying, hey, you gave us – you forced us to take uh, an experimental drug. You mislabeled it. You called it a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. And, 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 uh, and it was experimental and it, you basically lied to these soldiers. And I think they're, I think he's going to win. I, okay. I, I, he, I, I think he's going to win. It's pretty crazy. They're already telling the Navy SEALs that they don't have to take the injection. I think that they're, they're backpedaling, which is okay. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Did you see the, uh, the uh, video from the Dutch government there, uh, they were questioning the, uh, was the CEO of Pfizer? Here, um, here's the thing with that. Here, I, I agree. I agree with this. is so bizarre for me to say this. I don't know if I've said this in over a year, but they they never did say that it stopped transmission. I agree with them. All these posts are saying they're backpedaling. They're not backpedaling. You weren't reading the fine print. They never said that they were sure that it stopped it. They were never sure that they said it stops transmission. Other people were saying it. The president of the United States was saying it. Yeah, but exactly. they were not people. Hmm. It was no, they were very clear. They would say shit like "We hope." Oh yeah, yeah. At least, at least, at least that's that. And you can go back on my podcast and see the whole time I'm like, guys, they they, they don't they're not making these claims that you're accusing them of making the claims. It's it's the government officials. Yeah. Um, that yeah. guy is great, by the way. Where, where was that guy from? I, that was from the Netherlands, the, the gray-haired distinguished gentleman. Yeah, I, I, I don't know him. Some some Dutch politician. Yeah. And so. she didn't even hide it. She didn't even. She was just kind of laughed. Yeah. Like, well, she said speed of speed of science. Oh, that was bizarre. <laughs> that was bizarre. So, yeah, you can. I, I, I think whatever they they've been careful with what they've been saying and not. But um, are you familiar with the history of Germany, Ricard? Pretty good. Yeah, uh, somehow, yes. Uh, 
I mean, I'm interested in history, but uh, I'm no no expert. But um, I, I definitely have my brief overview of how everything works. And uh, I said during during the pandemic uh, or during the lockdowns, rather, uh, that. Thank you for that, that clarification, by the way. <laughs> that this is uh, this gave me like a good insight in how the GDR was built and how GDR was possible. What's GDR? Uh, well, the old German, Eastern German part. Uh, in German is DDR, but GDR, that's uh, the, uh, yeah, the German Rep- Republic, uh, the, the, the Mark, uh, the Mark, sorry, I can't talk today. Demo- yeah, there we go. Democratic the Republic. There we go. Um, and uh, yeah, it collapsed '89 uh, and uh, got reunited '1990, right? But during that time, uh, that's where you had all these spies, right? All the spy stories happened in East Berlin and West Berlin. Um, and uh, my question was always like. How is it possible for uh, like this communist country to keep everyone uh, silent? You know, uh, they were capturing people, torturing people, um, yeah, um, kidnapping people. So how is it possible? Why why didn't people stand up for that? Like why why did people just go with it and? Um, I got very good insight on why and how um, how effective that can be. And this is not from like a conspiracy theory uh, point of view. It's just like when you have a big amount of people or in, it's even a minority people very scared and also uh, – telling people that if you don't do something, you don't care about other people. So back then in the uh, socialists, communist uh, part of Germany, they said, you know, if you say anything about bad, about the decisions from the state, uh, you're, you're hurting the rest of the population um, because the state just wants to well of your, of the citizens. So we need to protect the citizens from the people that are, thinking different or questioning uh, the authorities. And if you are questioning the authorities, you're also questioning the rest of the, the, the people in this country and you're a threat. So obviously we saw this happening again. And uh, I mean, p- people have been kind of hating on me uh, because I'm saying that, but they're like, hey, you're, you're exaggerating and so on. I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. You're not allowed to go out. <laughs> you're not. You're not going out. You're not meeting people, and you're wearing a mask outside. The, the fact that they were hating on you for that yeah. is the is the proof of what you, of what exactly what you're saying. You're saying, "Hey, people who think who 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 are questioning the system are being shut down," and that's exactly what they wanted to do to you. You question, and they're saying, "No, they don't. Be quiet." I mean, the irony in it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and it's still, I would say it's still there. So um, people are still scared uh, about, 
you know, should I comply? Should I not? Um, they're kind of like the gov government is obviously slowly backpedaling. And um, what I also, also like always ask myself, because when I was talking to East German people, you know, uh, older ones, younger ones, and I was like, how was it in East Germany? You know, because you were not allowed to, you know, do everything. You were not allowed to travel. You were not allowed to um, buy anything. You could, you, you know, Western music was illegal and whatever. Um, but mostly people don't want to talk about it. Like the East, the Eastern Germans, they're like, oh yeah, well, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Like, uh, you know, and then they just want to move on. And I can kind of see that happening now too. I'm like, you know, I, I'm still a bit, uh, I'm very upset about what they've been doing here and still are doing. And, uh, but people are kind of just, you know, okay, let's turn the page and let's go on. And I'm, I'm, I can, you know, in one way agree with that. Like, I don't want to spend more time on this shit. We need to move on and do something better now. But at the same time, like there are some responsible people that should be, um, you know, at least confessing uh, what they've been doing. And uh, even though, was, you know, people make mistakes, then just say, I made a mistake and I'm sorry, you know? So... Um, There's this um, another. Here's where I was going to go with that. Also, by the way, is that the, the the Nazi Party came out of liberals who turned socialist, who turned fascist, and it's it's pretty obvious that those behaviors are happening right before our eyes in, in the United States of America, at least. Um, re recently, last week, the governor of California signed into law that we're not allowed to get second opinions from doctors about COVID. So if you don't, <laughs> if a doctor tells you, speaks anywhere off the script of what the state tells you the protocols are for taking care of um, uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, that that doctor can have his license taken away. Yeah. This is, this is some really fucking bizarre shit. I seriously never thought that, that anything like this would happen in my lifetime. And yet those are the same people who are saying that the people on the right um, are the fascists. And, and all of our violence is coming from the left also. And when I say all of it, I mean all of it. I'm talking 99% of all the violence in our cities is, is coming from the left and the, and the socialist movement that is becoming more – that is open – that's openly racist – but by the way, for all of those people in Jim in Germany who are liberal, our left hates you. We hate all the left hates all of Europe. They hate you because of the color of your skin. You have to know that. Well, it's the same. I mean, it's, it's the same fucking, here. It's fucking bizarre. It, it, it's it's a it's a trip. Yeah, no, it's the same here. So it, uh, I would say it's a. Um, our city, Port, our city, Portland, was filled with Black Lives Matter signs. Mm. filled and yet it's this it's the least amount of people with melanated skin of any major city in the united states yeah i mean yeah uh i i i i like to refer to um sam harris the uh he he puts it very good and it's you know bad you know, idea sam harris was pro pro vaccine by the way which is completely fucking undermines everything it's the same thing <laughs> with the guy the uh the stoic guy was pro pro vaccine yeah, um, which shows which shows uh, a lack of cognitive horsepower. 
which shows the ability to not, not think for yourself. Uh, I was pretty surprised with that with Sam Harris, but I, I also think it's, I think that is the good thing that it also shows that, you know, because uh, I, I truly think uh, Sam Harris is one of the best thinkers out there. Um, but just because you're a good thinker, just like you and me or whatever, it doesn't mean that we have the answers on everything. Right. So, so that was he, hard for me to process. Hold on a second. Uh, Savon, you don't have the answer for everything. Okay, fine. Yeah. Caleb, uh, can we talk? You're going to have to walk me through that after the show's over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically that that is the thing, right? So we, um, I, I, I think he, he has a very good thing he says, and it's that bad ideas uh, matter, you know? Um, meaning if you have bad ideas and you spread bad, bad ideas, they can be very har harmful, and uh, even good ideas can be harmful because, again, it could, we come down to this, like, um, uh, which is kind of the Orwellian argument and everything is that you can you can do so much thing for the good that you start hurting people, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, so you. We need to get everyone training. We need everyone to do CrossFit, right? And uh, if uh, and we can go so so hard on that line that we start, uh, you know, um, hunting people that are not doing it because they need to take care about their health. And uh, yeah, and then we start forcing people, and then we throw them into camps if, if they don't follow the CrossFit rule, whatever. Um, so. I, I would never I would never propose that we take ob obese people. Uh, let's let, I'll be even more clear. I would never take people that are addicted to refined carbohydrates and, and want to throw them all in jail. And yet <laughs> it would be so easy to argue that they're the big the biggest threat to human civilization. It would yeah. be so easy to argue that point. Yeah. Um because again, like uh we're we're all good and bad at the same time, and uh, I um, that's why we always have to recalibrate recal where we are. And I know, like when if we take the pandem pandemic when it started or the uh, the lockdown started, uh, and before that, because I was following Sam Harris pretty much, and when he came um, out with this story about uh, about. Uh, COVID and everything, I was like, okay, Sam Harris usually does his research very well. And, and he was out there very early. And I was like, okay, Sam Harris knows something I don't know. Uh, I didn't know, didn't know anything. I didn't know any research, any stats, anything. So I'm like, okay, Sam Harris is a good person. He usually knows everything he's talking about. And then, uh, then, you know, you have to, uh, always reevaluate that and uh, in this case like sam harris uh i i obviously came to the conclusion he he's not having right on this point and uh and that's that's it like you know uh, i don't have to throw in under the bus uh, like everything he said under the bus because it's just one point and uh same thing here he can also reevaluate re and say something else you know maybe in one year and say like hey i was totally did off he, did he uh, ricard did he backpedal 
I don't know. Did, I th- by I th- backpedal, I mean, did he ask? Like, mm-hmm. like we had Trump and Biden both in office, and mm-hmm. neither of those men said, "Hey, uh, diet and exercise is your greatest fight um, against mm-hmm. COVID nineteen." Still mm-hmm. to this day, no one in a profound leadership position has said that. As a matter of fact, the, the leader of the UK said the exact opposite. It's too hard to change your diet and workout. Just get the shot. <laughs> and and I, I, I want I, I, I want to agree with you and I want to be compassionate, but there's this presupposition that so many people that I talk to build their whole thought process up when they look back at the history of what happened with the, with the lockdowns. They say, well, nobody knew. And then from there, they build out their argument. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. You're building now what you're going to spew on me for the whole next hours that no one knew because you're using that, not you, but you're using that to defend your your ignorance. And my particular thing with Sam Harris that he said, and I don't follow him very closely, but he said it was irresponsible what Joe Rogan did. And mm. and, and by saying that he did, he was doing the same thing. Yeah, he was uh, he was being irresponsible. And it, it's, it's just but you're right. I, I think. It's tricky. I, I think if I'm hearing you right, you're saying we need to move forward. But I also feel like some things have been done that need to be undone. Someone someone needs to – there needs to be – the same way they stopped littering in the 50s in the United States. They started a massive campaign in the United States. There needs to be a massive campaign that says that you, you can go to Escapist CrossFit in Berlin – and eighty six percent of the 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 thing, or and the, and that ninety two percent of the reasons why people die in Germany, you can eliminate those things by attending Ricard Long's gym and escapist at Escapist CrossFit. Someone needs to just there needs to be a movement that explains that. Yeah. And those ninety two percent of things are chronic disease that fall under this whole bucket. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. I. I. I, I we don't I have to force them, but the information needs to be there and screamed from the mountaintops. Exactly. If you I, care about the people. I mean, I, I, yeah, exactly. That was the one I, <laughs> uh, I posted back then. Uh, and yeah, it was the elephant in the room kind of thing, everything uh, when it comes to health, but, um, and, uh, yeah, it still is, and it still is not being communicated. Right. Um, uh, it is, um, it is, uh, crazy that it's getting constantly forgotten in the in the debate in the debate like they should have basically every morning <laughs> like every time they open up the the um the, the senate uh, senate and so on they should open up with like okay what have we done with with human health this week or you know today well, uh, what have we done to empower the people this week? Yeah. Not, not hey, we're like uh, we're, we've ordered two hundred and fifty thousand pills in case we're in a nuclear war. I mean, it's like yeah. I don't know if you saw that, but we recently did that in the United States. Yeah, the US government just bought two hundred fifty thousand pills that supposedly help you with radiation sickness. Yeah, I heard I heard something about that, but I haven't been following that too much. But, um, but yeah, basically, um, it constantly gets. Uh, ignored not igno- uh, ignored forgotten i don't know it because it's like okay sure we should exercise we should have better diet but what about the diabetes medicine should we have uh is there any like magic pill that you can eat so you don't have to exercise oh look at this uh, uh this is a way where you can lose weight without you know doing the work <laughs> that that is being communicated more in the media than uh, just 
you know, front of every newspaper should have been during the lockdowns, like go out and, and, and move, you know, uh, stop eating processed food. What the German government did was uh, they, they hired a, an ad agency that made a campaign for millions of euros and dollars, uh, which the campaign was stay home. And in those ads, stay home on the couch. And they showed this guy on, on the couch eating uh, nachos or chips, burritos, whatever you want to call them. Sounds like some cultural appropriation, by the way. You should not be and, serving nachos in Germany. And... <laughs> And drinking Coke. That was their message. Stay at home, watch movies, drink Coke, and eat uh, chips, you know, uh, fried stuff. That was the message. Uh, instead of like, go out, move, that should have been the message. If go the sun's out. out, go outside. Yeah. Um, but Do yeah, you- no, yeah. The evolution of um, a, a CrossFitter is kind of the same as the city of Berlin. It's kind of interesting when you were saying that um, of that neighborhood. You find CrossFit for me. I was in my thirties, but I was thirty-four. But let's say someone finds it in when they're nineteen years old, and what a fun thing to do, right? You get there, you get to go hard, you get to push yourself into a pain cave. You're in a group of other with other people. Um, your body looks nicer every time you go home. You feel better. It's a safe way to get like endorphin rush and good chemical rush in the body. And you really are not doing it for you, you don't feel the threat of life, the 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 doom of death on your doorstep because you're 19, right? You're just yeah. doing it maybe to see pretty girls, to work out, to exercise. And I'm good with that. I love that. I, I love that. Then you do CrossFit, and as you get older, you start doing it for different reasons. You start doing it so that you can think more clearly when you're at work. You do it because it's a good example for your kids. And then as you and, and then you get even a little older, and you do it just so that you can squeak out a couple extra years of life. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, and and I, I definitely it's know. It's true this. on all those fronts, right? From that, from the super most superficial to to the spiritual. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and and the company's kind of stuck because the leadership has to figure out a way to, to elevate all of those. Those all have to coexist. Yeah, in, yeah. In, I was in, thinking in about group. that. I was thinking about that, like the. <clears throat> um, now with like the um, we have new leadership coming up or that has started with CrossFit and so on and I'm um, I was thinking about this you know a lot of affiliates are paying the affiliate fee and so on because you know in one way because you owe you owe it because you would not exist without this method or this mythology uh, and. Uh, so many people are paying uh, that affiliate fee for that reason, because yeah, we do, we do metcons, we do uh, thrusters, and we do everything. And um, on the other side, you have the guys who are then saying like, no, you know, we don't have to call it CrossFit because we're just doing these movements and we don't owe anything to anyone. And in one sense, I was thinking uh, today is that. Uh, what CrossFit has to do, because in one sense I can I can understand you want to pay, uh, 
you want to pay because you feel you're kind of owe someone this. And in one sense, I would say, well, most people owe this to the creator of CrossFit, which would be then Greg Glassman. But he doesn't work there anymore. He doesn't own it anymore. So should people just pay Glassman this kind of guilt fee? <laughs> and uh, now it's up to uh, CrossFit to be delivering the value that is needed for, you know, is it a new evolution of um, of whatever uh, is in the level ones and level twos? Or uh, is it anything else? Uh, I don't know, but um, this was just uh, thoughts going th through my head. I think, like, obviously, there's no other brand that has so much impact possibilities in the fitness industry as CrossFit has. So um, I definitely would <laughs> like to see, because uh, it's, uh, it's always an open question to, like, <clears throat> the affiliate owners, well, what do you want to have more from the CrossFit and so on? And um, many of them think about like, yeah, we need more marketing. You know, uh, uh, CrossFit is not doing any marketing in our, uh, you know, in our area. Uh, there's no CrossFit games in in Germany. That's all, uh, or in Europe, there there are the semifinals and whatever. But, um, but yeah, there's no like targeted marketing here. That's something that some people say, and is that the assignment of CrossFit to just be the marketing engine uh, for, you know, just like any franchise in, in one sense, or is it to be developing uh, the method? And I think uh, I think it's kind of both. <laughs> Maybe, uh, and that's where leadership comes in. You You mentioned that, like, Somebody has to lead there. Somebody has to show the way uh, where to go, even if it's the wrong path. Uh, because when you start um, walking somewhere, you start discovering more. So um, I think that is, um, you know, um, CrossFit has has to try. And uh, and from my point of view, I'm I'm the biggest supporter uh, because I I wanted to succeed so we can have more people um taking care of themselves and discovering themselves and you can see this also by the crossfit affiliates that uh the common thread that i see amongst a lot of crossfit affiliates and crossfit uh, well crossfit owners and then also it goes down to their membership basis and so on is just the the total enlightenment when it comes to um nutrition and exercise um you don't have that in any other let's say gym really so we are <laughs> we are changing it, people it's not only the education of nutrition and movement but it's it's the social pressure it's 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 the same as going to church you 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 would hope that there's some social pressure you go to church every sunday and 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 you you uh the the pressures from church might be like don't cheat on your wife right and and the pressures from the CrossFit gym, which, which is the reason why we hang out with CrossFitters, is if you and I we were all to go out to dinner, everyone would mind would would feel the social pressure to make sure that they made the right choices with their food. You know what I mean? You and and I and I've always enjoyed that. You don't you don't go out with a bunch of CrossFitters and eat and smoke cigarettes and drink Coke. Yeah, because there's a social there's there's a there's a, a, a benevolent social pressure not to do those things. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, and I, I think, you know, that's one part of it. It's the social aspect of it. Um, but again, just the total insight of, uh, of uh, nutrition and, and exercise because, um, and health uh, and all. I mean, uh, I, I talk a lot about um, four different pillars that I, that I preach in my gym is uh, we have four different pillars. The pillars are uh, exercise, nutrition, sleep, and community or social connections if we if you want and uh you want to have all of these on in balance but you also want to to improve all of the those because uh, and this is uh uh i could take an example so we can say if you're a bodybuilder for example you have you have an awesome exercise right your your physique is awesome you sleep like a baby your, your nutrition is dialed in on the on the gram you know so you you, you don't eat anything that you don't need and 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 so on but you have zero social connections uh, and this person is just going to be so unhappy he like his body's so happy but one of the biggest things in life is the social connection part um, and how can we know that well there are obviously studies on looking at you know the denser network of people you have around you uh, the longer you live, the less overweight you are, and, and so on. But then also just a, the classical example of like looking into a prison. If you're in a prison, you would rather spend time with other, like with people that are rapists, um, murderers, and so on, than being by yourself in solitude. Uh, so that's how important it is to have other people. Even if you have the most murderous people around you, you want to spend time rather with them than just being alone. Um, so going back to this example of being this super fit bodybuilder, we all know that these kind of guys or girls in the gym hanging out day and day and night in the gym to look good, but it doesn't mean anything. It got, doesn't give you self-confidence to look good only. You need to have the social interactions too, to, so you can grow on that uh in that space too and it doesn't have to be in the gym either always th in that case but um I, well uh, i as i as i tell people is like if you take these different pillars and then you ba basically give yourself a number so i can ask you this seven seven uh where would you give yourself on uh like an exercise on a scale from one to ten what would what would your score be <laughs> A ten, a ten, and, yes. and on your sleep, uh, seven. And uh, but but I will say this about my sleep: I've I've started mixing I, in the last two weeks. I've started mixing my beans every. I mix my beans with decaf beans and regular beans, and I've stopped drinking coffee uh, coffee uh, after the podcast, and my sleep has skyrocketed I, because I'm in this CrossFit community because I talk to people like you. Like now you've left an impact on me because you're one of my CrossFit friends, right? And I'll be like, fuck, man, Ricard. I'll walk away being like, Ricard really puts an emphasis on sleep and I'll feel that pressure, and I'll be like, I need to do that more. I need to put even more decap. And since I've done that, I've, I'm sleeping way better. Oh, crazy. Okay. That's okay. Good. So I get a 10 and a 10 and I give myself a 10 on the exercise because I'm so committed. It's, it's um, maybe my exercise isn't the best, but my commitment level is a, a 15. Uh, and that's fine. Like yeah. you don't have to be, 
doing world records to have a 10 in exercise. It's it's yeah. your perception of it. And then we I can, don't want to sleep. That's the problem. I want to, <laughs> I want to like to just do podcasts and yeah. kids. It sucks. <laughs> I know sleep. how it is. I feel like the t- uh, wasting time sleeping. But then, then, uh, then you have the nutrition. Where, where are you on the nutrition scale? Eight, eight, eight. And then the social scale of oh, 75. I'm a fucking social God. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm at the top. I'm the apex social creature on the planet. Yeah. yeah. And so this is my help. Even though I, I hate people. So this is my, <laughs> I, this is my hypothesis, right? So if, if you are then, um, unhappy in some way, obviously we're going to start moving the, the lowest number and try to fi- f- fix that first. I feel so much better when, because my sleep is getting better. You're right. Yeah. Like it, it's like, it's like so obvious. I'm, I'm just calmer and nicer throughout the day. Yeah. And, and then, you know, we can come down to, uh, we say you are the bodybuilder guy and, um, uh, you say social connections are good. Then I'll just ask you, uh, but you're still feeling kind of miserable. So I might ask you and I, I get into my Jordan Peterson shoes and ask you, um, so tell me how's your relationship with your parents? Oh, and uh, you, do, you do that with your clients? Uh, I I do it sometimes. I it's not that often I have to do it, but uh, def, definitely I, sometimes we have to go there when people are, um, if they're open for it, you know. Yeah, I uh, love that. That's a huge one. That's so, a huge one. Your relationship with your parents. That's a huge one. Yeah, um, and I I done done this you even uh, have a relationship with your parents i mean <laughs> right yeah because uh and why do i ask that question is basically well most people when they are crying about something it always comes down to because my dad didn't see me my mom didn't talk to me or my dad yelled at me uh, in school or you know when i would play sports or whatever it might be so um yeah Sometimes you just need to. Um, some some people don't even realize that until you ask them, and um, and so many people are trying to fix the world in one sense um, before they fix those close relationships. And um, I think we could do so much, or people would be much more happy if they were um, trying to fix those close uh, relationships. Uh, you know, to begin with, not to say that everything is fixable and, and doable, but you have to come to a close with those things. And, and when you do, you start to feel a relief and you can start focusing more on everything you, you want to focus on. Because uh, as, as long as you have some kind of clouds there, they will take energy from you, whatever you are trying to uh, pursue. You may have some sort of clouds there. Yeah. It will take energy from you. I always think of that as um, w- what you said right there is back in the day when everyone used to use PCs and you would get spyware on your PC, there would be these little programs <laughs> running in the background and, and then and your computer would just start really slowing down. And, and that's it's, it, that's the metaphor for it, right? You that's a great metaphor. Thought, you have these thoughts running in your, in your periphery and it's like – and it might be um, frustration with your childhood and your parents or your wife and, and they basically bog down the whole system. <laughs> so, uh, but that's a great analogy. You have you have Thank brain you. viruses. You have malware, yeah, yeah. malware in your brain. Um, no, awesome. Um, I haven't thought about it from that way, but this this is the 
this is the gift from social connections, right? You're sitting here, uh, you know, 2,000 miles away and uh, we can exchange ideas. Uh, and that's the power of connections, power of um, social interactions. And they, they don't always have to be, you know, elevating in all directions. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I just see that from, you know, where, where that's what CrossFit has given me, you know, um, it opened up my eyes to start developing in all these different areas. And I'm not by no means like a perfect dude in, in any of them, but, um, at least you start to study stuff, um, and you start to notice, um, you know, this momentum happening when it comes to your, to your health, well, suddenly it starts to impact every part of your life, your, your, your career, your family and all that stuff. And, um, uh, I like that, <clears throat> that part of like uh, the part of, uh, when we look at exercise, just, uh, uh, you know, Peter Atia and, uh, Andrew Huberman and all these, uh, you know, medical experts and professors and so on and they say you know there's no other there's no better drug for your brain than exercise there's no better drug for longevity than exercise like all the supplements you can think about and trying to do this that and optimize like the question first question should be do you even exercise that's the that's the most important thing not what you are supplementing or uh you know trying to have some certain special clothing or brands <laughs> you know? what, would, what would you consider would you, do you think in a, in a in a superficial sense um for for me when i think of exercising i think of sweating as like if i, if I had to make this list of things to like how do i know i exercise today well because i sweat so if mm. i was in the backyard digging holes to plant fruit trees um it's not enough for me because I still have, I'm still addicted to like some of the gym equipment, you know, I still want to be like in that space with the rubber floors and I want to do some air. But as soon as I start sweating, I think I've every day I've checked kind of that box. Do you, yeah. what, what would you say is exercising? Um, Vigorous would, sweating too. I'm not talking about one yeah. bead. I'm talking about like, holy shit, my shirt stuck to me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that that's a good uh, litmus test, I would say, but uh, if I want, would like to be more granular, uh, I would say it depends on the person we're talking about. If it's somebody um, that, like, we can take examples that I'm seeing now constantly after the lockdowns is that people are so broken. They they come with broken backs. They are, they their their minds are broken and they are, uh, their bodies are so out of shape. So for them, training is, you really are. You really have seen an uptick in that. Like people walk in now. Let me give this example. There was a time when they would do Fran at the L ones, and the fastest times would be just anything under ten minutes. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit! I can't believe people are now breaking the ten minute barrier. Then all of a sudden, you couldn't do an, a level one without someone doing a five minute Fran. Then all of a sudden, these fucking guys are setting world records at the L one. <laughs> is, is it? Um, is it? Did it go the opposite way for you during the pandemic? Before you used to come in and you your your baseline workout for someone could be this, and now it's like, dude, that would kill these new people. Um, uh, <clears throat> I, I would say, 
Yeah. Like, are they? Would so, you so say they're all twenty pounds heavier on average the people who come in now than they did two years ago, or, or what? Can so, you give us something so, objective that you see. So, so objectively, yes. Um, I mean, I speak to every uh, every every guy that starts at our gym starts with a uh, consultation. So they don't even start training because we have the experience now of what happens when people join training without having any kind of idea where to come from. So uh, I have objective data, data on that. And the most common thing that people have been saying is that they've been adding about 20 pounds during the lockdowns. So 20, 20 pounds, some people have added more, some people maybe a bit less, but 20 pounds has been like the uh, 95% of everyone that joins the gym. And um, the difference has been now also what, what we're just seeing, not only from like new people coming, but also from uh, people that have been exercising and been doing stuff before they come back and they they just can't do as much like their their knees their 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 legs you know it, everything and especially like i said like with the back back issues have just skyrocketed so i have the feeling wow. every, every second person is having a back issue right now we used to be able to do uh, a lot of more let's say uh a lot less scaling than we are doing right now, and um, and yeah, we 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 have I would say we have developed and we have become much better coaches due to that because we really have to take care of people when they start. Like the you know the they get so severe uh, muscle soreness from lifting a, a, a sixteen pound or twenty pound kettlebell. Uh, 20 times they get like muscle soreness for a week that's um you know something new but the good news are uh and is that we we can see that we can change this within just a couple of weeks people s quickly move up this health and um uh, sickness and uh, wellness and health um continuum so we we created something in in our gym uh that we call the health and fitness map and on this health and fitness map we basically have four different um things we are measuring so we have strength we have endurance we have gymnastics and we have holistic and what we can see is that like on if you're on the lowest levels on on this scale you're you're about to fall out of the wellness part of fitness and you will start you will be in the sickness continuum and what we can see is that people can move up this ladder so quickly and become like and get this kind of uh, resilience uh, when it comes to, into your fitness and so on very quickly and so that's the good news like it doesn't take you years it takes you a couple of months and then you just change so much of the outcome what will happen and um this is why i also like we created this map is to give people a visual uh confirmation of what they're actually doing because they don't understand like my friend time was 12 and now it's 10 they don't understand that but they understand like okay my health has improved this much now and um giving that visual feedback helps people um 
to stay on track and so on. And, you know, we, um, yeah, uh, that's the good, good news. I would say we, we, we have a lot of, uh, good news if people do, do what they should be doing. So coming back to your question, what is exercise? It comes down to, are you Noah Olson? Right? Well, your exercising for you is going to be a totally different ballpark than someone like me or, or uh, someone like my mom. Like for my mom, exercise is uh, maybe some high intensity stuff uh, two, three times a week. And then the other days, it is about like hitting 20,000 steps and doing some pharma carries. And uh, um, yeah, like my, my mom follows us, follows a protocol of doing, you know, pass-throughs and, and squats every day for every morning. Uh, so exercise is going to look different for everyone. But as soon as you start traveling up this uh, uh, health and fitness map, your exercise is also going to start to get more demanding. Um, like if you want to get into fitness, well, guess what? You will need to add more, um, power to, uh, to your workouts, more intensity to your workouts, um, more different domains of, of training too. So, but, uh, yeah, that's a, but the good litmus test is like, have you been sweating this day? And I think that's, uh, Kalipa says that to his family, right? He's like, we need to sweat once a day. I don't care what it is, like if it's five minutes or 10 minutes or 15, we just need to sweat once a day. Yeah, I always, yeah. So it's, for, for me, it, it's the super metric. As my, as my kids got, how old's your daughter? You have two daughters? Three. Three daughters? So, yeah. How old's your oldest daughter? She is uh, eight. Does she so, sweat yet? Uh, yeah, she's sweating. Uh, she <laughs> She's starting sweating, smelling Yeah. That's awesome. My son, my, my oldest son is just turned eight and he has just started um, sweating to where it like drips off his head. And, yeah. and I, and I always celebrate that with him because as a child, I hated sweating. Yeah. 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 But again, they're, they're, they're surrounded by this. So um, my daughters don't, they don't do any CrossFit or so yet. Um, but they, like my daughter here, we're seeing this video here. She, she has been in the gym, you know, since she's, since she's very small, uh, grew up with that. So she, she, she's asking me all the time, do, do I get muscles when I do this? Do, how, do I get strong when I do this? Yeah. My is kids this, do that too. <laughs> I'm getting this, stronger, right? Yeah. And, and this was, uh, this video is the first time when she did like, uh, snatches and cleaning jerks. She's never done that before. So she's obviously seen us do you no know, word squats and everything. So, um, she has some kind of idea what's. We, we have this uh, steel container that, that I always put a gallon of water in it when we leave the house. And when I carry it, I'll ask the boys to carry it. And sometimes <laughs> they'll be like, it's too heavy. And I'll be like, okay, good. Because I, I know that when I, I tell them when I carry that, I get stronger. Yeah. So thank you. I want to get stronger today. And then they take it from me. They're like, really? You get stronger by carrying this? I go, oh, yeah, from the car to there, you, you <laughs> definitely get stronger. And then they, then they want to take turns carrying it. It's so easy to, to, to coach them. <laughs> It's yeah. so easy. Yeah, I, I, I was I was thinking of cr uh, creating a, 
my own Instagram, the three playing girls, but yes, just just, just has a different type of vibe when you have the, the playing girls in the title. Yeah, oh, right, right. Good point. Good point. Good point. Very good point. I have to figure out something else. Three now. exercising girls. Three yeah. healthy girls. Three healthy girls. Yeah. Um, how long have you been an affiliate? Uh, we're turning six next month. So, and has the name always been Escapist CrossFit? That's your one and only gym. That's the one and only. And uh, yeah, we we're two. We were two founders. Yeah. Or do you still have a partner? Uh, silently, yes. Okay. Are are you are you okay with that? Do you feel like you made a mistake? Uh, no, no. Uh, I wouldn't have the gym if uh, it wouldn't be without him. So uh, definitely not. And um, when you open, and it's in Berlin. It is in Berlin, and we're uh, that's like we're very central and uh, very close to the shopping mile. We're like, let's say, hundred yards from uh, the Apple Store and stuff like that. Um, wow! Wow! But it's very. I want to. I want to. I want to throw something out there. What he just said, so you guys don't understand what that means. Um, on average, I don't know if this is exactly true, but bear with me, people. On average, the Apple stores around the world make more money per square foot than almost any other store in the world by far. It is fucking nuts. And there was this area when I lived in Berkeley. It was called Fourth Street Promenade, and it was two blocks, and it was what used to be the fucking ghetto, the dredges down by the railroad tracks. And they started opening up these little boutiques down there, like a coffee shop boutique, a little sushi place, a breakfast place, and eventually it became these two blocks that were just in this fucking shithole not the ghetto in terms of like an active ghetto with like a lot of homes but i'm talking about like where all the homeless people went to live by the homeless tracks and it was these two blocks and the businesses did pretty well but 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 they would shift you would see people would struggle there not make it then they opened an apple store down there and the foot traffic and the amount of people that then come what that does to an ecosystem is supercharge the fuck out of it Basically, let's say you only used to have uh, 3,000 people visit your block uh, on, on any given day. Now on any given day, it's 6,000 people. So the guy peddling coffee, it double, everything, every, everyone's shit just doubles. Anyway, okay, so, so I, I understand the, the profundity of what you're saying when you say you know, you're near the Apple store. That, that means there's a shitload of foot traffic. Uh, yeah, not on our street particularly but but don't ruin my story don't ruin my story but, just but, it, but it, we're very uh yeah that's a good restaurant uh but it's very close to where uh where everything is so just a bunch of people living everywhere but we're a very small gym so um if we would compare this uh i think we're like 1800 square feet something like that so it's not huge so we we can't fit a bunch of people uh into the gym and uh, also one thing that most people don't recognize when you're very central when you're very much inside the city is that people have also more options so obviously we have a bunch of different uh, gyms close to us we have uh, the other affiliates close to us we have um all kind of uh, boutique stuff going on uh, so people are obviously getting constantly distracted in our area, uh, which is like the difference when I talk to affiliates, let's say, uh, that are more rural. It's usually like, well, there's 
not really that much to do here. So when people start doing CrossFit, they they start doing that every day because they don't have that many distractions. Uh, and in the city, when you're a dead center, well, that's a lot of distractions. Uh, so people are like, yeah, I'm going to maybe do CrossFit once a week. And uh, then I'm doing this and that and the other days. And um, so, yeah, it's different. But I would say our demographic, like in our gym, we're, we're um, getting close to having like an average uh, age of 45 to 50. Wow. And uh, we do like a ton of uh, personal training uh, nutrition coaching and stuff like that so it's def definitely like also developed a lot now during the uh during the last years um i i also work uh, i'm i'm a mentor at uh, uh, two brain business so i work uh i work a lot with the, with the other gyms here in europe and uh so i have a pretty good insight in what's happening within the communities over over here and um like generally speaking the communities are going yeah there we are uh the communities are uh getting older um but um yeah in one sense that's great like the best story i have this year is like a 78 year old uh woman who has been on opiates for the last 15 years hasn't been able to sleep for the last 10 years and uh, because of her uh, chronic back pain. And after uh, three months of training uh, with us, she could get off the meds. How and, did she walk into the gym? Uh, she came via another member, uh, her son. And uh -huh. her son, her son uh, trusted us enough to say, like, hey, can you help out? Uh, do you have any way she has never done anything in her life she's never exercised uh, and uh, but it's the it's the simple methods of like what Greg Glassman has uh, talked about is that there's uh, there's no difference in the training really or like in the uh, in the movements like a joint is a joint it needs to be doing the same thing depending doesn't matter if you're uh, five years old or if you're f 50 or 100, uh, a joint is going to move uh, in these directions and you will need to be using them. And it's same principles of like core to extremity. And it's, you know, the functional movements that means just, you know, being able to pick something up, uh, put it on your shoulders and put it overhead. <laughs> so, when, uh, yeah. Ricard, when you get a, 78 year old member i'm gonna give you three choices are you like oh shit fuck this is gonna take too many resources or <laughs> b okay just get in line it's just another client or c oh this is fucking awesome i cannot but i cannot we are so lucky to have the opportunity to work with with this woman this is like it, it's like if you're being a cook and you got a new ingredient it, it becomes a, a, a fruit comes in season and you're like, oh, it's here. Tomatoes are back in season, fresh tomatoes. And you're just so excited. Yeah, I yeah, know. That's definitely this, the third option. You really uh, are, right? I mean, yeah. I would think if you're a fucking world-class trainer, you see someone who comes in who's 78 and you're just, you can't even believe what you, especially if they've been addicted to opiates for 15 years. The worse, the better, right? Mm. I mean, if you're looking for a big rock that you can start chiseling <laughs> on and make your, and make your, uh, 
your your thinker i mean yes so for from my perspective and the perspective of the coaches uh, is that look w- uh, the best clients are the ones that that uh, that we can make these like life changing stuff on um so if they might be uh, overweight uh or you know they they're just very poor fitness like they've gotten very old or they're very young they they need to start developing uh and moving like uh with kids and so on it's so exciting uh it's crazy right um and i'm i'm less excited about the the ones who are like yeah they want to do a competition or something like that i'm like yeah that that's that, that's not our, our affiliate and i'm very open with that i'm i'm just saying like if you want to do competitions or uh, or anything this is not the gym we simply don't focus on that it, it that that would take this that would be a distraction from what we we should be doing so uh how, how did your paths cross? For those of you who don't know, uh, Caleb put up a picture of Chris Cooper. He's the owner of Two Brain Business. Uh, boy, I, I know I speak in um, hyperbole, uh, but Chris is truly one of the most generous, uh, coolest people that I've got to hang out with. Um, he is so... I don't know how to, he's almost angelic. He's a really great dude. And he is also, I think, the owner of the largest gym consulting business on planet Earth, on the rock that we're on. Um, how did how did you end up meeting him? And so, so go ahead. So how did you end up meeting him? Um, I, I met him because I, I also have a podcast. And I, when we opened up the gym, the first What's thing What's the name I did, of your podcast? Uh, Escapist Corner. Okay. And it's in German, right? English. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So we started out with uh, the first thing we did when we opened uh, uh, the gym was to start a podcast because I, I felt like, hey, I, I need to spread a message. And the first one who we got on the podcast was Carl Pauli. Uh, and then I've had, you know, all these old, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, old timers like Kelly Starrett, and uh, he, he's my man crush, by the way. Uh, fair, and, fair. And, uh, you know, th- uh, a lot of great people. And um, it just gave me the best excuse to to open up new doors. And I reached out to uh, Chris Cooper. Um, and that was 2018. And uh, so your gym was two years old at that time? Uh, yeah, like okay. something like that one and a half or so uh reached out to him and uh took him on the podcast and we talked about you know what what can uh, gyms learn from other industries and uh you know what what can other industries learn from the gym industry and so on and uh then i met him a couple of months later in stockholm um at uh, Coaches Congress, and why did you go to that? Why did you go to the Coaches Congress? Were, were you already a, mem- a member of uh... of Two Brain? No, yeah. no, uh, okay. uh, no. I, I went there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know why I went there. I think it was because Greg Glassman was supposed to go. Okay. Um, so I saw Greg Glassman is coming to Stockholm. Awesome. I need to go there and. 
uh, our gym also had developed a lot, uh, a lot thanks to Two Brain already. So with with the free with the free stuff they gave out. Yeah, yeah, I like his books. So uh, already there, and then after the coaches' congress, we we uh, made a you know the gym took took a major change uh, because of the impact of what you heard there. Yeah, yeah. Um, from the impact, talking to other owners, talking to uh, Chris Cooper, uh, talking to uh, uh, yeah, just the 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 synergy of like great minds, I would say. And um, um, you know, I went there also for for the purpose because uh, yeah, I had my podcast, so I also wanted to bring some people on the podcast, which I did. Uh, I think Rory McKernan was on it, and uh, Jim Kroll, who was um, uh, back then he was the CEO of uh, OPEX and um, uh, you know got these connections and uh, then I you know been in contact with uh, TwoBrain and everything uh, since then um, but it was not um, yeah let's say that that's like, that's like the short story and um, um, yeah I can just uh, say the same like uh since then getting to know uh coop uh, better and better and and meeting him obviously a couple of times and you and you work for them now you're a mentor i work for them now which is uh crazy it's a crazy honor because i can i sh- you know i my impact has just changed dramatically so the impact I, you have on the community on the community yes because um right now what's happening like my 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 mind back then when we opened up the gym was to open up several gyms because I wanted to change the world. I still will. I Fair. still want to. You are and, and you are. And uh, now I'm I'm able to do that, you know, uh, without opening my own gyms, but to help other people become better with theirs. And, uh, you know, the last couple of years have not been easy on the gym industry. So, um a lot of gyms are talking about they want to close. They're on the verge of, you know, many have de-affiliated because they can't pay the, the fee for the affiliation. And uh, it's just not right. And and it's not right that the best thing we have for human health right now is about to close in many parts and in small towns and so on. It's like, no. And... Uh, Many people think, uh, like, you know, when it comes to two brain or so on, it's like either it's like we we don't want to follow anyone else's rules, which I understand. Like we are CrossFitters, so we are disagreeable by nature. So we don't want to have any rule books from anyone else, um, and we don't want to be a big franchise. We want don't want to be that, and that's uh, and that's uh, the same thing I think. And um, and they have yeah the opposite. You might have gyms that are super successful already, but their definition of successful might be a bit off. So, uh, Two Brain obviously has uh, like the the, and I don't know where where Chris Cooper got this, but I think it comes a lot from his own mentors actually. That has leveled up his thinking so much more to understand where you are as an entrepreneur, and. When it comes to the guys who are thinking about a franchise, it is like, yeah, this is so far away from being a franchise because it's all about the DNA you put in into your gym. And 
on top of that is uh, the guys who are then being successful. By, by the DNA of your gym, you mean the the culture of your gym? The culture of your gym. It is, and whatever you think is important for your gym, you know. Okay. Uh, so whether what, it's to be a competition gym or a social gym, or, or I guess like you were saying before, these the the, the four metrics. Um, you know, it, you could you. I mean, this isn't a perfect fit, but like, is the culture of gym exercise, nutrition, sleep, or community, or is it all of them, or what culture are you going for? Is it competition? Is it? Yeah. You know, well, is it is it CrossFit? Is it yoga? Is it something right. else? Like whatever you want to put into it, um, it that's uh, totally up to you, and and it's totally up to you know you're you're baking the cake. The only thing that um, that two brain or the only thing, but a big thing that two brain gives to many gyms is for the to, the ones who are trying to bake a cake and they don't really have any ingredients. That's one thing. And then you have the guys who are baking cakes, but they have no idea how many cakes they need to bake and they don't know when they've done baking or whatever. So they, um, you have all these different people on different scales, but again, the true, the true uh, gift I have from this is just, um, I have, yeah, the great impact on in the entire uh, you know world and and mostly for for me than Europe, and uh, this um, aligns with my purpose of why I opened up the gym and I why I also want to these gyms to be successful because it's just going to change so many more lives uh, essentially, and. Um, yeah um and <clears throat> coming back to the coaches congress thing is that um since that had, had an impact on me i also decided to uh or decided i asked like hey can't we do this in germany too uh so we moved that to berlin and we're going to have the first one now in december uh wow. congratulations yeah uh so uh i hope i can sounds have- like a lot of work sounds like a lot of work uh, it is not too too hard because again it's uh it is i do this by passion but i also do it with um knowing a lot and thanks to two brain I, I just know a much more where i am at so for example i don't want to take time from me being able to put my girls to bed and uh stuff like that so i value my time that i need to have for my family a lot and um because i just know that's a core value that i have and um i wouldn't take the the, the coaches congress uh on top of that if i didn't know that i have the time for it so thanks to thanks to mentoring and thanks to uh the work we've been doing there uh you know i don't i i can choose much more what i want to do with my time so i'm not locked into you know, having to do anything if I don't want to. Um, yeah, so that that's the the power. So now hopefully I can have even more impact by doing that. And I'm not alone, so uh, that also helps. Uh, I have two great partners that are pulling that uh, with us. So that's, that's great. Uh, Travis says from Vindicate, how has Kelly not been on the show? He has been on the show. He very, has. Very, very one of the first episodes i would yes. say like he has been on the show episode is, is it, go ahead yeah. episode seven or so I don't wow know. wow look at that brain 
uh, 18. 18. Wow. Um, uh, I, I'm not sure what this is. If you were near Fort Wayne, Indiana this coming weekend, stop by the Matt Masters Fitness Collective. I thought that was in December. I thought that was in December. I was uh, talking to Jason Grubb. I wanted to have him on the show before um, that happens. Um, Ricard, um, why Why do I, – I, if I recall correctly, Chris Cooper himself is no longer affiliated, his personal gym. I don't know if that's accurate, but I think I think it is. Um, why do you still stay affiliated? Why do you still pay your affiliate dues? Um, I think I still do it because I I don't see that we're doing anything else right now. I mean, yes, we're doing uh, a lot of uh, stuff at our gym that are not maybe uh, a typical CrossFit gym, but. Anyways, we uh, I still we think we we breathe in uh, and eat a lot of like the CrossFit stuff and um, of course that's something I I always will continue to evaluate and you have to like you should be constantly looking into is this the right thing I'm doing right uh, is this uh, am I getting value for example and so on and I. I can just, uh, or maybe your values change too, right? Let's mm. say you own a McDonald's and you love running your McDonald's, and then all of a sudden you realize that those those hamburgers you're selling actually hurt the environment, but you love hamburgers, and so you want to pivot to a business where it doesn't, because now you have a, a core value where you want to make support sustainable farming. So you close your, you change your McDonald's name and you change the, where you get your meat from. I mean, for example, right? So it could be, it could be just you change your values too, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. And I think I think I yeah. think you pay your affiliate dues because I think first of all, I don't think you know why. And I'm totally open to being wrong. I'm just being aggressive here. Bear with me. I don't think you know why, and I think it has to do with something deep seated in you that your parents gave you that um, hovers around the word integrity. Can can be yeah, but you you definitely yeah. I mean, it comes down to that, right? So right now we're we are thinking and doing CrossFit. We talk about CrossFit all the time. Uh, we're not so particularly in, like following and interested in maybe everything that goes on with like the CrossFit games. But uh, again, that's what we talk about. And what about Cap? Are you a, do you use Cap? Uh, we don't use Cap, but not because they're bad. Uh, I think we would uh, definitely also use cap. It was just uh, I heard it's wonderful. I heard it's wonderful. But 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 some people, other people are very dogmatic, and they'll say, "Hey, you shouldn't open a gym unless you unless you want to do your own programming." So there's these. But I've I mean, heard nothing well, but good things about the actual um, uh, product that they're offering. Yeah, I, I think we would have been using cap by now if it wasn't that uh, back when cap started my the. The lore of of uh, the gym wasn't me, so uh, I didn't get access to the programming at the beginning, and um, because they gave out like six months of programming uh, in the first, uh, yeah, in the first six months when they started, and back then we should have, we would have probably just used it. Uh, now we're using something uh, that is called Beyond RX, uh, and we did it also as an experiment to see. So the most important thing when it comes to coaching and so on is to, is to see like, is it this uh, like giving results? 
And uh, so we just did an experiment where we said, look, let's try how this to do, you know, generic programming for a couple of months and see if it brings any results. And does anyone even notice that we're changing to a generic program, you know? And um, the answer is like, nobody cared. Nobody noted. And people are getting fit. Like they're, they're constantly getting stronger and they're getting better endurance and so on. And we still have like small tweaks and so on on, on the programming. And I have a good good coach who's doing that. So um, I def- definitely think, and this is, uh, again, from my perspective, and then from more of, as a mentor, looking at a lot of gyms, is like a gym owner who is who is not being able to see his kids because he he's overwhelmed with work or whatever it might be, the first thing he should be doing is giving away the programming so he has more time to to grow the gym or spend time with the family. Like you, uh, I, I've seen this countless of times, people putting way too much time into the programming. And at the end of the day, you know, those members don't care. And they, it's not the programming that is the, let's say, it's not the reason why people come into the gym because they, they have no idea about the programming when they start. Like many of the people that come to my gym, they don't even see, they don't even see the gym. They don't even ask what we're going to do. <laughs> they just, they're just curious, like, am I going to be able to lose weight? That That's it. Yeah. Uh, so some people are kind of amazed when, when they ask, when they, ask me and they they ask me like but you show them the gym right i'm like actually i don't like many times uh new members that come in they never even see any of the weights they have never they haven't seen the workout room nothing and they sign a contract and they're ready to go when when someone comes to you and they say hey should i be like when, let's say you're mentoring a gym and they say hey should i keep paying the affiliate fees do you walk them through some sort of like 10 step process to see if it's right for them are there questions for that is there a protocol for that uh not from not from the side of two brain but uh like we we don't put so much um emphasis on you know, questioning if it's they should be doing CrossFit or doing OPEX or whatever they might be doing. Uh, what we're looking at is more like, obviously, the metrics. And then it's up to you, you know, uh, you have, we say, you might be in this kind of uh, valley of doubt, let's say, and, and you come to me and you you talk to me and, and I, I might just, just uh, ask you, so do you feel like you need to think about this? Uh, yes. Okay. Then make evaluation if this is uh, is alongside your core values and so on, and then we can get on with it. And then when it comes to the financial part of it, like being paying, being able to pay the affiliate fee and so on, there's no two brain gym really that has that kind of thought. Uh, let's say that kind of problem that oh, I'm not going to be able to pay the affiliate fee because those those that money is not big money for uh, for the two brain gyms um i mean some gyms when they start with two brain for sure they are like on the, on the brink of the uh you know closure uh but very quickly uh, they are able to get out of that hole and and that's the beauty of it and when it comes to the affiliate fee 
this is the like the thing, right? So they might see sit there and they think about like, should I pay the affiliate fee? Should I stay committed and so on? And I just ask them, do you want to? Then they're like, yes. Okay, cool. But you could just ask CrossFit if you could maybe postpone this for one month and you can pay it next month. Uh, so you can stay affiliated, but obviously you have a bigger fire to put out right now. And this way, you know, just giving somebody the idea that they can actually just call, call someone or email someone and just ask for, you know, for some time. Uh, that could be also with the landlord or something else where they need to have some, you know, just to push like, well, call them, ask them. Um, and then you have your, your answer. When, when, when I go to the store, I pay $10 and I walk away with a bag of apples. Let, let me go back just a little bit. There was a point towards the end there um, when Greg owned the company that I heard these words come out of his mouth that the affiliate fee was basically a brand loyalty payment, which is, which is, which is a, a pretty wild thing to say, but I think that there might be some serious truth in it. And um, the, the same way like someone might donate money to like the Sierra Club. That's like some group that like wants to save trees in the United States, right? Like it's some, it's somehow – you feel like you're contributing to the to the betterment of some ideology or methodology that you believe in and you want to see you want to see better but then greg had to figure out well what's he going to do um in the most superficial way what's he going to do with all that money that comes in from the affiliates and he had these three things that he said he was going to do he was going to educate litigate and legislate and basically he was going to fight off at any educate, continue to educate um, the uh, trainers all around the world, whether CrossFit or not, and 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 litigate and, and not educate necessarily in the traditional sense, like hey, this is the better way to do the squat. But hey, look, there's enemies over the horizon. Coca-Cola is spreading the med the the message of exercise is medicine, and it may sound good to you, but it's actually fucked up. Or this company over here in New Zealand is trying to put a worldwide fee on all trainers. And licensure, get licensure for all trainers. So he started doing that, um, and and I I think only and, and some of the stuff that he he did was f incredible, and it will impact the world forever in terms of protecting trainers. But I don't think I only think a small percentage of the CrossFit gyms know that he did that. Maybe probably less than five percent, and and I don't blame them. They're they're training people, but I see this these new there, there's a, there's a new team in town. And, and, and that's going to be a tough thing for them to grapple with because most of the world comes from, hey, I'm trying to sell you M&Ms or I'm trying to sell you a bag of apples or I'm trying to sell you my services to wash your car. And this thing that HQ is doing, um, collecting money from these affiliates, I, I mean, it's an incredible brand. It's so resilient. It, it shit does not stick to this brand. It yeah. is uh, – um, and, and the product, but the products are Greg put his arm around Jason Kleba after the 2008 CrossFit games. And he said, this is the product. And yeah. so it, it, it's a trip. Do you, does anyone have their head wrapped around? You think exactly no. the model no. that's being used here? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating. No, I don't think so. But you, you touch a good point there. And I think, uh, speaking of the future of CrossFit and so on, I think definitely like this legal part is one thing um, that has to be. Mean, mean, when you say legal, you mean people not opening gyms near you with the word CrossFit on it and not paying money. Is that what you mean by legal? Maybe that, but also the let's say defending of 
of the method and everything. Uh, and I, what I mean, and I've, I've talked to as a CrossFit legal about this too, is like, hey, I think from a marketing point of view, it would be good for CrossFit to be able to just show and especially show the affiliates that we're actually doing this amount of work to help you to protect your brand uh, uh, from whatever, you know, there's so there are so many companies trying to use the, the just the name and watering the brand basically. And that becomes it, right? So uh, when the point comes to where people are going to use CrossFit as a generic term for something that is high intensity, uh, then it's going to be super hard to defend that brand. Then they will need to let go and say, sorry, we can't defend that anymore. And then any gym will be able to use that. Do you see that happening anywhere? I, I... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we've we seen tendencies to that in, in Germany, for sure. And uh, I guess other like European countries too, but that it's, would be the death blow to the company. I mean, it wouldn't be the death blow to CrossFit, but it would be the death blow to the company. If they lost the trademark, if it got, uh, if it became yeah. a generic trademark like football, uh, that would be the end of. Exactly. And, and, uh, like, and people might ask, what's the problem with that? And so on. And I, I think. Oh, it would not be good. It does not, no. it's not good. It's basically, there would be no caretakers anymore. Exactly, and and basically anything could be called that, and that is obviously something that some people are saying is a concern and so on. But already with like, hey, anyone can take an L one and open affiliate and so on, and and yes, that's true. But at, on the other side, it's it's it is a a very stupid person that does an L one and starts something CrossFit and doesn't do CrossFit. I uh, like to spend that money, that effort, and to run an affiliate. Mean to see it as a business rather than a pa- a passion and a business is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ba- basically, uh, we see all these people with the passion, with the with, with with their businesses and everything, and and it's not like easy work. So, like, doesn't make any sense for anyone to do it and try to malevolently break CrossFit and, and make make it make the world uh, the word go bad. So um, yeah, that that argument doesn't really hold, but we um, we will have to see what, what happens. But what, what I mean is, like CrossFit has to uh, obviously, in my opinion, uh, where they can gain more trust is to show how much work they're doing behind the scenes on like taking down all these uh, uh, other brands that are trying to use it, and uh, that way the affiliates feel that there may they might be a bit you know protection around them um, um and- i would like to state uh pat myself on the back in 2018 before they fired the media team in 2017-18 i was working directly my team of 100 people the media team at crossfit inc was working directly with marshall brenner who is one of the classiest human beings i've ever met in my life he's the current general counsel for crossfit inc and we would do weekly reports showing where we were bad, where we were taking people down all over uh, the United States. That was something when there was a media team we had just started doing because we heard stuff like that from you, Ricard. We wanted to show at first we we're like, okay, we're just going to keep our head down and work. But then we realized, okay, we need to show people. We stopped five gyms over here from using CrossFit. We told them they couldn't put it on their shoes. And so, and so yeah. that can be done. What you're saying is totally feasible. 
I just don't think they have the manpower for it anymore. Yeah, it might be that, but just uh, that you don't have to do any uh, like creative in that sense. You don't have to put out videos if you want, want to. Just send an email saying, yeah. "This is what we've done," and then a pat on the back, maybe for on some affiliates that have been uh, vocal helping out with that, and that might yeah. you know encourage yeah. other ones to take yeah. more action too. But uh, it's like raising a kid, reward them for their good behaviors. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, I mean, some people uh, are also thinking about like, yeah, is this, is the growth slowing down? Is it blah, blah, blah. And you have to think of it like in the big terms of, of like how it really looks out like out there. So I was thinking in these ter terms for to change the lives of 3% of the city, uh, like in Berlin, just in my town, to be able to change the lives of 3% of the population in this city, we would need at least 700 affiliates just in this town. <laughs> so, so, and right now we're like 20, 25. What, you, what you're saying is, is that there's room for shitloads of growth. Yeah, and we could have one in every block, basically. And uh, uh, and basically, and, and this is how I see the, the evolution of it is, and uh, somewhere where I, again align with Chris Cooper and so on is that we we want to get the people into the gym and make it sticky so they stay for a couple of years um, because what's going to happen when they've been training for at least two three years is that it becomes a routine. They got the a lot of the education. Uh, of like what movements to do. Um, they get an idea of like how to do a Metcon by themselves. They get an idea of how to build strength. They also have an idea now how to eat better. And uh, what's going to happen is that these people, if they quit my gym after three years, they will go and start training by themselves uh, in their own gym at home. And they will start infecting other people uh, with this, so there's no, there's just abundance of of people in that sense th that we can change. So, um, again, uh, have, getting the people inside the gym, get them s to stick for a couple of years, and then it would be easier for people to have an idea how to do this by themselves. I'm not saying that everyone is going to do. ABC like this. Some people will always need to have the gym, um, and what's uh, most likely going to happen is rather that the people that start the gym they, it gets sticky. They will pull in their family, their friends. They will start affecting them, so they will start to go to a gym, and um, and this gym becomes you know one uh, point of contact, uh, not anymore for losing twenty pounds of overweight, but actually to have the social connections I talked about, because right now people are mostly talking like this over uh, uh, phones and digitally and, and texting and whatever, but they're never actually seeing anyone. Uh, and I had a guy li last week who was like that. He was like, I'm looking for a gym because I don't see anyone during the week. I have no one I'm meeting. So... I want to be clear about something else too. It's okay for whatever reason you come into the gym. 
if you're a 17 year old boy and you think you're never and you're just like me and no girl's ever going to like you, it's perfectly okay to go to a CrossFit gym and start working out to get girls to like you. This is 100% valid. You were put on this fucking planet to fucking look beautiful, be healthy, and and serve your fellow man and to procreate. That's it. That's it. That's all. I, I just summed it up for you. And if if you don't understand that, there's a book called The Bible. You could read it. That one helps seems to help a lot of people. That being said. When someone like Matt Fraser, who tells us he only came into this fucking game is to make fucking money, don't forget that it doesn't matter because Matt still was able to – one of his friends saw what Matt was doing and lost 100 pounds, and Matt will tell you that story. His dad changed his diet and maybe saved his dad's life. Matt maybe came in for the most superficial reasons, which are cool. I like it. I, I, I like drag drag racing. It's okay if a car, you can't go to the grocery store in it, but it can go 300 miles an hour. Cool. There's a place for everything. But this program is so fucking potent that even if you came in for one reason, the value of it will spread like it did to Matt's friends. His friend lost 100 pounds. His dad saved his life by changing his nutrition. Based on – Matt didn't come to the, this program for that. He was trying to win um, weekend competitions to, to, to for $500. That's how powerful this fucking thing is. Yeah, and uh, as I said, like uh, when when we started, is that uh, everyone has different goals when they come in, but many of them don't even know their real goal. Right, right, so, right. So um, what I do? I didn't is, know my goal. I, 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 I'm, I'm 15. I'm still. I'm. It wasn't until I had kids that I understood my goal. Yeah, yeah. I guess kind of my goal is I worked out so that I could eat. I was kind of in that camp. You know what I mean? Like if I ate something bad, I would work out a little more. Now it's just I just need to be able to just not have a hurt back like you're saying so that I can drive my kids around and carry them and shit. Yeah, exactly. And it becomes um, – um, and that's the thing with, when you become a parent is like your number one priority uh, becomes very clear. And that's very helpful. My deadlift's irrelevant now. It's fucking yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. And – and uh, and there's something uh, super important with this, and it, it comes down to this kind of goal setting and everything, is that when you know an absolute priority, it becomes easier to say, what's my second and third and fourth? Oh. And, um, and you can start saying no to stuff that are not in this priority list. Um, wow. And you're right. Sometimes I do still, even though I said deadlift's not a priority, every six months it'll creep in and I'll be like, maybe I should try to lift 225 for some reps and and like some of the lower priorities you know <laughs> climb back in i like that yeah yeah so so i think we we definitely need that and this is where i also see importance of coaching like as the, from the affiliate part and from the coach's part is that your your mission as a coach and where you can really drive value as a coach is not only by showing how somebody who how to coach and how to uh, or how to squat and how to deadlift and and how to eat uh, uh, less refined carbs or any refined carbs, uh, the value you can really bring in coaching is also coaching people to understand their why. Uh, and when you do that, people get so much bought in. So, for example, somebody who is uh, like you said doesn't have maybe kids, but it's more uh therefore the the looks or might be there for their career but when you start to map that out and you ask them so tell me what is the most important for you right now is it is it your career or is it your studies or whatever it is it's like yeah yeah i i want to become successful in 
you know, a successful lawyer or something. Okay, cool. So do you think you will get there faster if you're uh, fitter or if you're less fit? Like which person will get there faster? Is it the fit one or is it the unhealthy, unfit one? Oh, you made a post about that, which was great. <laughs> yes. So it showed two men next to each other. And you said, which one do you think? Yeah. Which yeah. one will, which one will, will, uh, you know, get there faster. Right. Uh, and everyone that I ask this question, they all are like, well, I guess, yeah, the fit one. Like, okay. So now you know why you need to exercise. It's the one that the exercises better, eats better, sleeps better, and has a better community around them of support. We'll yeah. Get there faster. Yeah. And, and so you will get to your goal. You will get become a great lawyer. You will be the best, uh, you know, boss, whatever you might be, uh, caretaker. Um, and uh, when they understand that, they understand like, okay, so I exercise not to look good, not to lose weight, but it's to actually boost my career. I don't want to, you know, I've, I want to get there as quickly as possible. And sometimes it's like, okay, so where do you want to live? Do you want to, and they might say, yeah, I want to live in a house. I want to live at the beach. Okay. So what do you need to get to get there? Well, get a better job, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So do you think you will get a better job if you're slightly fitter uh, the, or, or who is going to get there faster? This fit one or the, the, the unhealthy and, and uh, overweight guy? Oh yeah. It becomes clear. So um, putting that into context, people start to prioritize uh, their exercise a bit more. And I think that's where the coach can help coaching those people. And again, we have the possibility, we have the, the opportunity that almost nobody else has, and it's to see people on a regular basis. And we can, uh, like Chris Cooper uh, talks about, and we do this a lot in mentoring, is like, uh, we call it the Pringles method. We take one Pringles at a time and that's the greatest, the greatest junk food ever made. <laughs> so it doesn't get any of the attention it deserves. Man, those are crazy. Yeah. So so you take one Pringle at a time and, you know, you gain speed. Um, and the same thing we can do when it comes to knowledge and at affiliate is that we can we can spread uh, spread and have this impact uh, piece by piece. Uh I really love uh, your – there's this sprinkling of everything you say shows that your appreciation of the position you're in and the reflectiveness of the impact you can have on that world. That last line you just said, there's a bunch of them in this podcast, but where you say we get those people – you basically we get those people on a regular basis and we can have influence on them to make their lives better. That's like a tremendous responsibility. No, it's it's better than that. It's a – what an honor. What a cool thing to be able to do and not squander. If you're a coach and you squander that, you'll look back in 10 years and be like, oh, fuck. It's kind of like when you be mean to like the best girlfriend you ever had and you look back and you're like, God, I was an asshole. It's like that. If you get to see the same 50 people every day, man, you could change the world. Yeah. And just reading like one quote to them or having them do something or leaving every person there with something where they go out with, with an extra smile. That, that's a that's a magnifier of 50. Yeah, and there's not many places where people have that. And uh, we have that. Uh, and that's why I'm so, you know, evangelic about it in one sense, because 
I know the impact it has. And I also understand the true value of it is that people are underestimating the value of what we're doing so much. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying this from both perspectives. So from the user, from from our cli many clients are undervaluing what this is all about, but also a lot of the coaches are doing that at the same time. And um, I, I posted this also, uh, I don't know, a long time ago, but I said, you know, I thought basically when you invest in your fitness, um, I think like a good ballpark sum for somebody uh, that is over 30 is like $400 and upwards uh, per month for your fitness. That doesn't mean to that you have to have like a membership that is 400 bucks, but um, that might be like a $200 uh, membership somewhere, but then you have to add another 200 uh, on your health and fitness. At least like it's, we're talking about your health. We're talking about the most essential thing in your life. And, and, and the thing that will make you the most money going forward. No, there's yeah. nothing else that will make you more money than being healthy. Yeah. So And living a long time. Invest in that uh, rather than, you know, whatever. Because we're investing in a lot of things like your, your uh, rent and cars and whatever people have. But, uh, you know, the thing that's going to move you the fastest is is you and uh, and the the well-being of you so um i don't know i haven't really thought about like the metric of should it be a certain percentage of what you're uh what you're earning uh slash your your age but i would say like most people are just undervaluing that sum and i think that for coaches per point of perspective they should actually start questioning the people that are coming into the gym and asking them are you investing enough in your health like and start uh, educating people like you know you probably should be investing 500 bucks a month in your health it doesn't have to be a 500 bucks a membership but it has to be at least uh, you know with the food whatever things you're doing uh that is at least going to sum up to five, 500 bucks. And yeah, for some people, it might be exercise at the beginning, of, like invest 500 bucks in your, uh, in your training, because that's where you're lacking the most in your, these four pillars, right? So you might need to level up there a bit faster at the beginning, and then you can start to uh, divide this uh, pool of money to having better sleep or social connections or whatever it might be. I'm so glad you brought this up. That's really going to upset some people, but that's okay because you, you know why it's okay? Because the, the point wasn't the number $400. The point was, is that you need to think about that. Who cares? Yeah. Like if, if you're writing in the YouTube comments, what a fucking uh, elitist <laughs> asshole, $400, blah, it doesn't matter. You, you, you missed the point. The yeah. point is that you need to be thinking about how much you're investing and, and where you prioritize it. Um, Ricard, I have to pee so bad I'm going to pop, but I have to ask you this question. And take your time. No pressure. If I it's okay pants, to pee in your pants. pants. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to have Don Fall on. 
he seems remarkable. Special operations guy from uh, uh, from the Marine uh, Corps, Marine Recon. I think he completely understands chain of command. It was those military guys and that mindset that allowed CrossFit to grow so fast because we all trusted each other and we all believed in each other and we were all there culturally for the same reasons. But we had a smooth operating machine. And and um and it was pretty incredible. And that all went away in 2018 when they tried to f- uh, make it so that the company was flat. It was it was a complete fucking disaster. But that being said, um, he keeps talking about his goal. He, I think his exact words were something along the lines like, "I'm dogmatic about one thing, and that's growth." And when I hear that, I I, I really like when I hear that, I, I I get a little. It's a trigger word for me. Same with like marketing. Greg told us never market anything. Marketing is when I'm trying to sell you something. I should always just be improving my product. That's what that's what we did in in CrossFit. And when I hear Don say he wants growth, um, when I hear him explain it, I agree with him. Yeah, it needs growth. And he talks about some of the things that needs to be done with that or how it can be done. But if you were in charge, if you were the CEO, if you were to give Don advice on how to grow CrossFit, do you have any thoughts on that, on what, on what he should do to help it grow? Or, or, or do you not even like that word? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Is that focused uh, well, on the wrong uh, no, thing? Like, hey, instead no. of making the tree grow, I should, I should be making it healthy? Is, that the, is it the wrong mindset? I'm, I'm trying to understand what's going uh, on. Well, I, I think... I, uh, I think it's more important to be communicating uh, something that is, uh, let's say, measurable in, in one sense. I, I, I get this a lot, uh, basically, I mean, from the two brain point, but I think there just needs to be a clear vision, right? And that vision can be wrong, but there has to be something we can test you know, something that we can drill, something that we can put under stress and see if that really holds, right? And if that vision is, you know, a number uh, in in affiliates, then that might be it. But the question is like, okay, how do we get there? What is the method that brings us there? And you talked about like improving the product. Uh, is or, that or the media scream from the mountaintops? Continue, Greg. Message: We have the yeah. cure for the world's most vexing problem, and the byproduct then would be growth. Yeah, yeah. So, from my point of view, uh, I think where, and this is where you know all the affiliates are simply not. We're n- we're not the best uh, media companies, right? And this is where, like, so many of the videos that you did back in the day they changed a lot of the perception of what CrossFit was. Um, but all, it, it spread the message because nobody, like you could have the best product in the world. And this is where I, I think, uh, like I, I, I think Greg uh, didn't consider, but you know, if you didn't have the, the media part in CrossFit Inc. back in the day when you started filming like these grainy videos uh, of, of girls doing pull-ups and so on, like there would not be a big CrossFit today. Like you can have the greatest product, but if there's um, no nobody knows about it, then obviously it's not going to spread. And I understand from like a uh, from the point of view like an affiliate is that you don't need to have five thousand clients, like. It, your gym maybe needs 100 to 150 clients 
to be successful. And you don't need to focus on how many Facebook ads are you doing or how many whatever ads marketing wise. What you have to focus on is actually talking to your members and and that's also marketing right you you're talking to your members you're creating the connections that is marketing but it's also uh obviously every day you have to deliver a good product yeah and um so from a villa point of view they need to of course uh talk to your clients and 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 do their affinity marketing uh when in, what's in that their... word you use affinity marketing what's that mean uh well affinity is basically the the close use the closest connections to your business your members your oh okay uh and their families and so on and so that that is the, yeah and, use... and that is what don said we need to get there needs to be more word of mouth and better media i think those were the, like his two things yeah. which is really going back to the old way that's what it was yeah i mean uh, i think it was last no this year this year in april we had coaches congress in stockholm and that was where gary gaines also said and announced like okay he was about to announce that dave is back but uh, he had to kind of <laughs> take that um back but he was about to announce that but then he said crossfit is going back to the to uh, the hundred words of fitness, uh, that's where we're gonna go, and this is what we're gonna weigh everything. Is this aligned with this, right? So basically, also what how I understood that was also that like the contracts with Monster and 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 so on or Coca Cola, uh, those contracts will not get extended uh, because it doesn't align with uh, the message in those hundred words of fitness. Um, and, um, so that was a, you know, a good surprise now from, from my point of view, uh, what should Don do and everything? Like, I, I obviously don't have the insights that, that he has and so on, but yeah, I think what, what something needs to do uh, happen in all affiliates is we need to spread stories, uh, about what we're doing. And the more stories we get there, the more people can relate to these stories, the more people will get curious. And they also see that it's not only about uh, the looks and, and uh, it's it's not another just gym program in that sense. Um, so um, it will, will help and, uh, and uh, open up the eyes for more and more people when we do that. And uh, again, uh, I would I would definitely say like when it comes to growth I I I like growth uh, and if if it's for the great a good reason why not uh, again it's not growth because of the sense of growth but it's like okay why are we growing why are, why why is this then important well important is because we saw now how uh, we see how obesity is going up we see all these metrics going in the wrong way and we're the counterweight. To that we're the guys who can make a difference to this but that also means we need to have more uh, uh, people on the ground more people more foots on the boots on the ground uh doing doing this job and um how do we do that well create like support create more affiliates uh, make it more accessible well how, how do we do that well we need to empower our coaches. We need to give them um, 
uh, more tools, make it maybe even easier, educate them more. Um, and then, of course, like from the part of um, point of view from like um, two brain is like, yeah, have sustainable businesses. So the businesses don't, don't close um, because it's not sustainable to have, you know, an, an owner basically earning less than a cap driver for years. And he is... He's not going to be able to support his family and uh, and so on. No, it has to be, everyone needs to be thriving. And they should because, man, you're changing the world. You should be thriving. You, uh, yeah, and not be apologetic about it. Definitely not be apologetic about it. Um, uh, I would like to propose to CrossFit uh, Inc. for a uh, $100,000 a year you could pay me um, now would be a great time for me to push a button and um, it plays a two-minute commercial promoting the L1 so I can pee and then come back and continue my um, my conversation with Ricard. But instead, um, I, I open that to any sponsor, even Coca-Cola. <laughs> Anyone who wants to, um, you can make a two-minute commercial. I'd push a button and it would play right now. I would pee and I would come back. But instead, um, are you keep, do you have to pee too, Caleb? Uh, no. Keeping your fingers crossed for what? Oh, for the money? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I see you. I see you, buddy. Um, Ricard, thank you for coming on. I, you have a massive brain, and I feel your love and your intellectual horsepower and your passion. Um, uh, we have to do this again. I never even got to my notes. I, I would love to have you back on again. It would be fantastic. I think yeah. we have so many, uh, let's say, touch points that we could uh, uh, dive into. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm I'm grateful for for even being on on one. So thank you. All right, awesome. Stay in touch. You have my phone number. Uh, Escapist CrossFit in Berlin. Also a mentor at um, uh, Chris Cooper's uh, Two Brain Business. Uh, I Ricard didn't say this, but feel free to reach out to this guy. This guy cannot say no. I he is <laughs> he is a fucking just a, a teddy bear. Grab him. And uh, use him as a resource uh, if you have any questions. All right, brother. Have a good sure. one. Yeah. Stay okay. well. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. Wouldn't it be great if we had a commercial? I could just hit you, be like, commercial break. And then I just run out my door and pee in my backyard and then come back. And we could keep yeah. talking. <laughs> That'd be great. Also the $100,000. But, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say hundred? I said, I mean, 200000 Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, all right, guys, I will. Um, I have no idea. I'm going I'm to text Daniel Brandon now, see if we're doing the uh, show tonight. Um, I also want to do a live call in show tonight. I'm pretty prepared for tomorrow's podcast tomorrow morning with Don Fall. Super excited about that. And uh, either way, we'll see all of you guys soon. Spiegel, thank you. Susie Tell, thank you. Vindicate, Eric Weiss, uh, Jeremy Eat World. Uh, Spiegel, yes. Always <laughs> coughing up the change. You the man. You the gal. I mean, you the girl, Danny. Thank you, Danny. Bye bye.